Hi, welcome to the Sacred You podcast. I'm Rachel Goodwin and I'm a channel and healer who loves to teach and empower others. I offer a look at spirituality in fresh and new ways and you can see more of my work at my website at rachelgoodwin.dk and the classes and sessions that I do. Ahu heia valea noi e kahaliku puakukui kuhia hu kanaia akapu kumoni nei pihikui kahima naho ikapili. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Sacred You. My name is Rachel Goodwin and today we are interviewing the wonderful Mercedes Kirkell, who I have been fortunate enough to be doing a wonderful course in. Now, this podcast is about spiritual matters. And if you want to go and find more of them, you can do that over on my website, which is rachelgoodwin.dk because I'm in Denmark and you can see a podcast heading on there. But first of all, I want to welcome Mercedes. Hi, Mercedes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's so lovely. So lovely to have you. For those of you who don't know Mercedes, I'll give a little introduction. She is a multi-award winning author and channel for Mary Magdalene and Yeshua. She's the author of two books of channeled wisdom from Mary Magdalene with a new book from Yeshua and Mary on the way. (laughs) Mercedes messages are universal and are not affiliated with any religion. Her work focuses on uniting the masculine and feminine and moving into higher dimensions of being. Okay, there we are. So how how's you today? How's the weather where you are? I like I like to ask about the weather because I'm English. <laughs> so I'm in the US in the southwest in New Mexico and the weather is gorgeous. Spring is a wonderful time of year here and um we're just having delightful weather. I took a hike yesterday to the Rio Grande River. It was beautiful. Oh, that sounds lovely. I, I don't know New Mexico. I've been as far as Arizona. Well, that's very close. Okay. New Mexico is um, largely, at least the part that we're in, is high desert. Um, so it tends to be dry and warmer than a lot of the United States. Wow. It's a good place for going out hiking then, I guess. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's still very cold here in Denmark. We've got 
Arctic weather hanging around, but lots of sun. So, you know, as long as you don't mind putting extra layers on, that's okay. (laughs) I'm getting my spring clothes out and then putting layers on like underneath. (laughs) That's what you have to do in Scandinavia. So there we go. So let's talk about um, where should we start? Should we start with the course or the book? Which one do you want to start with? This is kind of like the chicken or the egg. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, maybe we should start with the book since that came first. Okay, let's do that. Tell us about. Oh, tell you, us about are it. You meaning Mary Magdalene Beckins or a different? Yeah, Mary yeah. Magdalene Beckins. Yeah. Okay, let's start there. So, how did it come about? Well, it's, from my point of view now, it's a long story, but I can give the short version. The fuller version is on my website, so people can go there and see more if they're interested. Um, But the more direct version is that um, I was living in Hawaii And um, I had the sense that my life was in the process of changing, that it was going to become completely about spiritual work and, um, and that specifically it was going to involve channeling. But I felt like I didn't know how to channel. And what channeling meant to me was um, receiving messages from spirit, which I had received messages from spirit my whole life. But to me, channeling was more than that. It was two things. Um, It was being able to receive messages for others, which all the messages I had received up to that point were just for me. And the other thing that, from my point of view, channeling involved was being able to do it um, at will at choice when I decided to channel and I didn't know how to do that. All the messages I received um, seemed to come spontaneously or, you know, when spirit decided, didn't feel like I was at choice. So, um, so from my point of view, I didn't yet know how to do channeling, but I thought that's what my work was going to about to become. So I started praying, and my prayer was that if this is what spirit wanted for me, that I would be given everything I needed to be able to do this. And I actually prayed every day for nine months, and uh, which, of course, is a very um, powerful period of time, gestation into a birth. (laughs) And um, during that time, I received the message that I was to uh, leave the big island of Hawaii where I had been living for 10 years and thought I was going to live the rest of my life. And I didn't want to leave. I loved Hawaii. And so I uh, checked out this message three times. I asked, is this correct? Am I understanding this correctly? And all three times I got the answer, yes, you're supposed to leave. So I decided to follow it because whenever I had followed messages from spirit in the past, they had always turned out for the best, better than anything I could orchestrate on my own. 
So I took a few months, completed all my business and life matters in Hawaii and left. The, but the message hadn't told me where to go. And uh, I didn't know where to go. So I went to spend time with my family on the mainland of the US. And um, it turned out that uh, my parents who were aging were both needing some extra help at that time. And I was very glad to be with them and to offer them you know, my help. So I spent about four, four months helping my family. And during that time, periodically, I would ask spirit, okay, spirit, where's my new home? Where am I supposed to be living now? And I got absolutely nothing. And I figured, well, okay, I know where I'm supposed to be right now. I'm supposed to be right here doing this. And that's all I need for right now. And then at the end of that period of time, I had done everything I could think of, see to do for my family. And I started getting guidance again. And the guidance brought me to New Mexico and um, specifically to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And as I entered into the city, I got these amazing, um, um, I can't think of the word, uh, signs <laughs> that I was exactly where I was supposed to be. There was light streaming down from the sky, just like those religious pictures. <laughs> and I, I felt like the red carpet rolled out for me. Everything I needed was immediately provided, including a place to live and all sorts of things. And, um, and it turned out the place that was offered to me that I ended up moving into was, uh, living with a woman who was a channel. And um, I know. <laughs> and so at one point she said to me, are you an author? Have you written books? And at this point I hadn't. And I said, no. And she said, well, you've got books hanging all over you. Maybe you should think about writing a book. <laughs> and I went, okay. <laughs> And then I shared with her how my guidance was telling me that I was supposed to start channeling and that that was supposed to become my work, but that I didn't know how. And she said to me, well, do you meditate? And I said, um, not any longer. I meditated for many years, but I went through a very profound spiritual awakening. And after that, didn't feel like I needed to meditate anymore. And so that I wasn't any longer, but I certainly knew how to from my past. And she said, well, you need to have a clear mind in order to channel. And so it may help to meditate. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. So the next morning I woke up and I sat down and started meditating. And immediately I felt a very strong, wonderful, benign feeling presence with me. And it felt like it was located at my throat. And I had the sense that it was stuck at my throat because I was blocking it. And so I just used all my intention to release whatever I needed to release within me to allow this block to dissolve and this presence to come through. And all of a sudden, a voice started speaking through me out loud. That was not my voice at all. And at the same moment, I got the internal message that this was the voice of Mary Magdalene. And she delivered a complete 
spiritual discourse that was so brilliant and profound. And I was just blown away. And by the end of this, I was completely dissolved, felt like I was melted in a puddle. And then I had a thought. And the thought was, I'm not going to remember this. And that was totally unacceptable to me. I already had the feeling that this needed to be recorded and shared with anyone who wanted it because it was not just for me. And so without a moment's hesitation or another thought, I said to Mary, would you let me go get my computer? And would you give me that message again so I could type it into my computer? Because I was a fast typist and I knew I could do that. And she said, yes. And I went and got my computer and she gave me the entire message again. Absolutely identical, word for word to the first time. Which felt like a total miracle again to me, because especially in the state I was in, there was no way I could have done that. No way. And it affirmed for me that this was Mary Magdalene, that this wasn't just me making this up <laughs> or wanting it so much that I was, you know, creating it. And, um, and that was the beginning. And it turned out that that initiated a 30-day period where she came to me every day for a month and um, downloaded an equally amazing and profound message to me day, you know, day by day. And I realized very quickly she was downloading a book to me, chapter by chapter. And that was the book that became Mary Magdalene Beckins. Wow. So that was the start of your channeling adventure. It that was, was the start. And something happened with that moment where it, it's like it opened up a doorway within me. And after that, I could do exactly what I had wanted relative to channeling, which was I could channel at times that I decided at will, and I was able to channel for other people. I love that. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. I, I, I didn't know any of that. So that's, that's really lovely. And it's, it's interesting how spirit just maneuver things. So <laughs> just the right things happen. And yeah. And, you know, even that nine month period, it was like, um, there were things that I needed to do in my life first mm. that, uh, that had to be completed before I was ready. Yeah. So it was all just perfect. So how long ago was that now? That was in 2010. So that was 11 years ago at this point. Yeah. Because what I've really liked about working with you on the Magdalene Path Heart course is the depth of your connection to Mary Magdalene. So I guess over those 11 years, you have sort of stayed working with her quite Deeply, is that right? Absolutely. And I have come to realize, I realized very quickly, actually, that I've worked with her for lifetimes. Yeah. This was just a reopening in this lifetime to continuing in this particular form, this lifetime, our work together. Yes. And 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 like I said, you know, that's that's what I love because then you can be a bridge for others then. We can sort of hop on 
that connection that that you have and and benefit from it which is just like very useful yeah yeah and that's what she wants and it's what i want very much yeah oh i'd love to um have you maybe at some point in the interview to do a heart practice with us so people can experience that 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 heart depth but perhaps we should talk about the course uh, a little bit more now i i do remember you saying at some point you'd written the book at some point you realized that perhaps a little bit more was needed right uh, people i started doing sessions with people afterward and um people started coming to me and expressing how much they love the book and that it had changed their life and then they were I was helping them with to apply it in their life. And um, when I would ask them to engage the process, I saw that they didn't really know how to do it. And even though at some level they, they had very much connected with it, at another level it was still uh, uh, not fully available to them. And so that's when I decided to start teaching the course mm -hmm. to help people with really understanding in very practical life ways what Mary was talking about and what it would be to apply this as an ongoing spiritual practice in our life. And um, that's what the Magdalene Heart Path is. The, the, that's what the Magdalene Heart Path is. It's a spiritual process that we engage. And the course is helping people to understand, you know, the foundations of that so they can start to work with it and grow with it. And it is, it is a very um, practical thing. So for, for people who don't know about it, I guess um, I'd just like to, you know, talk a little bit about my, my experience with it. So in my life, I'm 50 now. In my 20s, I was a psychiatric nurse. Um, I worked... I kind of specialized to something called psychosocial nursing, which is based on therapeutic communities. And they were set up after the First and Second World Wars by psychoanalysts. So they were run in a very psychoanalytical way. And, and I really loved working like that. And I did that for a number of years and I did some training uh, I did a foundation course in like a, to be a group conductor in group psychoanalytical psychotherapy. And I loved that. There's a lot of heart connection there and, and, and I loved it. But ultimately, in the end, I decided that it was not the path for me because like, and since like doing the, the work with you, I've realized like, my brain is still very, very analytical. <laughs> I could say a lot of clever things and people would go, oh, isn't that clever? But I wasn't sure how healing it was <laughs> to be so clever about things. And that was when I started on my healing path. My, my mother passed away. I had a Reiki initiation. You know, all of these things just sort of opened me up energetically and and put me on a a completely different path but 
you know, I have done a lot of training in counseling and psychotherapy, and I've spent hours and hours with clients working both in the health service and, you know, as an alternative therapist. And I've always been longing to get back to that heart centered place. And I love the work that I do now. It's not that I regret what I do because I think we, we've all got our own calling, haven't we? And I work with Ascended Master Sarah, who I see as Mary Magdalene's um, daughter. But the work that I do is channeling her wisdom. And a lot of it is very, very esoteric. And I've really missed this deep heart connection and to me I'm just like I'm so happy that I've come full circle again and being able to find that heart connection kind of back in the the paradigm that I'm in now really so I sort of I have a sense of completion I also have a sense that I need to come and keep sitting in the support group with you (laughs) every month Mercedes because it's like I can't learn this with my mind. It's no good me reading your book. It's not enough. I need to watch you modeling it. And it's like, when you're modeling how to do it, it's so profound, Mercedes. And it's like, my whole body's listening to you. All of my senses, everything is just understanding it. And even though like, I haven't got it yet, because it's, it's so much work to like, take yourself out of the patterns of a lifetime and a culture and you have to really just practice over and over again I'm so happy that you're offering that support group because I know this is like my way of like learning and I really want to I really want to learn it so much thank you so much for everything you shared it's uh to me, it's so wonderful to hear. And I think for many, many people will very much relate to what you're saying. And I really, really appreciate it. Um, part of Mary Magdalene's teaching is in the, the lineage of the divine feminine very, very much. And part of her work was to be the divine feminine complement to Yeshua, who was bringing the divine masculine. And because... Our world for millennia has been so oriented to the masculine and has tended to be suppressive of the feminine. Um, Mary Magdalene and her teaching and the part that she was holding got suppressed. They couldn't cut it out. Thank goodness. The feminine survived. And part of what Mary Magdalene and Yeshua said was that um, they knew that the world wasn't ready for her, for the feminine altogether, and for her teaching, and that it would be 2,000 years before we were ready, and that this is the time now. And so as a spiritual teaching, This is relatively unheard of in our world. And part of her spiritual teaching and part of the feminine teaching that she's bringing is that everything that's happening in our life is part of our spiritual support. It's helping us to grow spiritually. And 
in fact, spirit is always helping us. Spirit is always giving us the opportunity to support us in our next step of spiritual growth. And that as humans, in particular, we have a unique role in the cosmos, that we came to be leaders in the arena of emotions, that we came to be actually demonstrators and masters of emotions. And she says, because of the suppression of the feminine, that we have fallen behind in that calling. And now is the time to really step into it. And so what she is suggesting is that of all the things in our life that we can look to for our spiritual growth right now, the one that tends to be strongest for most of us is our emotions. And in our Western world, especially our developed world, emotions have been um, largely put down, <laughs> especially the painful emotions. People like the joyful emotions. <laughs> Those are acceptable. But the painful emotions, fear, sorrow, anger, those kinds of emotions have largely been put down in this, including in our spiritual arenas, that they're looked at as um, somehow non-spiritual if you're ex having those emotions. And um, in general, you're in our world and the way we think about people and what's happening with people, we tend to look at emotional people is somehow less than something that needs to be fixed if you're having those painful emotions. And emotions have largely been relegated to the arena of psychotherapy as something to be fixed. <laughs> Whereas Mary Magdalene has a very different point of view, that emotions are one of our greatest resources for helping us move into the heart. And that's why we were given emotions. But most of us don't understand this, and we never learn the pathway of making use of our emotions to take us into our heart. So that's what this Magdalene Heart Path is all about, especially. It's making use of everything happening in our life and connecting it with our emotions as a guide, a very reliable guidance system to take us into our heart and to reconnect us with God. Mm. And it's 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 such a beautiful process to experience that connecting to the emotion and then um, the process of connecting to the inner divine quality. So we're actually connecting to our inner divinity and, and to have that all at once. It's just like, oh, the goodness in it. It's just absolutely scrumptious you know and it's like every part we're just going yes yes it's what we're all fundamentally longing for yeah. that divine union is so wonderful and yes it's exceedingly satisfying <laughs> and actually so simple so so simple so Obviously, you know, I think everyone should come on your course. I can imagine children at school learning this, though, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yes. Because a lot of what we're learning is actually unlearning. We've gotten programmed to, instead of making use of our emotions, we've gotten programmed to uh, run the other direction. (laughs) And if we happen to have any emotions, any painful emotions, to get rid of them as fast as we can. And that's, and so we're for so many of us, we're unlearning that. And what we've learned instead is to go in our heads and to live in our heads. And most of us are highly developed in that. You know, we go to school for all these years. We get rewarded with jobs and, you know, pay and success and all of that for living in our heads. But children have a great advantage because they don't have all of that programming to avoid their emotions. Children are much more free-flowing with their and allowing of their emotions. And they don't have the thing that tends to suppress the emotion all the time of living in their heads. So yes, they're at a great advantage. So should we do a little practice so people can, could you demonstrate, you know, lead us through a little heart-centered practice, maybe something like the, you know, putting our hands on our hearts or something? Well, I have, I think the best way to practice is with a situation. Okay. Show with a situation. (laughs) So I'm wondering if you have a situation that you'd be willing to offer that we could do a practice with. Oh, no, you're really putting me on the spot now. (laughs) Let me have a think. Some situation that stimulated some feelings, some emotions in your life. Yeah. Joyful or painful, either way. Let me just take a moment. I'll just tune in and see what's there. I know there's always plenty more to come up. Yes, and the truth is when we really start to reconnect with our emotional life, we're always having an emotion in every moment, but most of us are cut off from it. So that's the very beginning of this path, is to start to notice what emotions we're having as opposed to thoughts. So I don't know if this is a bit abstract. Well, I know I'll start abstract and then you'll get me right down to it. (laughs) But I, you know, I've been living here in Denmark for um, over seven years now, and I still struggle with accepting it that I'm here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something that I meet regularly on a daily basis. So is that that something I can offer to the table? (laughs) What I'd like is if you can think of um, one particular incident that uh, came up for you that was an example of this pattern. So struggled with. Yeah, so like nearly every day there's something in the news where I say, "Oh, look at what the Danes are doing." <laughs> okay. So what's the last thing of something in the news that you can remember that we could work with? So well, something- today they've just they've just they've rejected the AstraZeneca vaccines and now they're rejecting the Johnson and Johnson vaccines. Okay. So I had some feelings about that. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So We always like to start with a real um, moment in time. So one event, even if it's a pattern that, you know, seems to keep recurring, 
looking at the pattern starts to take us into our mind because at that point we're analyzing. Oh, I, this is the same as that moment, as that moment, as that moment. So if we just go with one event, that's the beginning of stepping out of our mind. So let's go with this event. When I heard that um, the Danes had rejected the, the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca vaccine. I okay. felt. I felt. So what were the feelings that arose for you when you heard that? That they're overcautious. Okay. So this is what we would call a thought as opposed to a feeling. <laughs> it's a thought about the people who, uh, the Danish people. And um, so if you're having this thought, what might the accompany, accompanying feeling for you be? If you're thinking they're overcautious, what might the internal feeling be that goes with that for you? I don't, I don't, I don't like ha having to be under the Danish government. <laughs> okay, so I would say this is another thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, and and it might be a slightly different feeling. Um, so uh, let, let's go with the first feeling first. So they're being overcautious. Um, let me make some guesses. And you can just be very simple about it. Just say yes, no. Oh, no, it's not that. It's really this. Um, so when you think they're being overcautious, are you feeling frustrated? Yes, I am feeling frustrated. Because I want to be able to travel to the UK and see my son, who I haven't seen for a really long time. Aha. Okay. So I hear a frustration behind that thought of their being overcautious. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm angry as well. That's yes. what my second guess was. Oh. <laughs> that there was anger there. Maybe resentment. Yes. Resentment is a kind of anger. Yeah, I resent that I can't do anything in my situation. I can't yes. control anything. Yes. So uh, that's another thought there. I can't do anything. I can't control anything. I would say those are thoughts. But the feelings I'm hearing are frustration and resentment. Does that feel right? Yes. Okay. So... I call feelings part of our inner GPS. They're guiding us to something. And what they're guiding us to is one of two things. If they're painful feelings, they're guiding us to part of our inner divinity that we've gotten cut off from. If they're joyful feelings, they're guiding us to part of our inner divinity that's being fulfilled, that we want to celebrate. So in this case, I would say you're having painful feelings, frustration and resentment. I consider those painful. So let's take those one at a time and see if we can follow the guidance to what part of your inner divinity are they pointing to that you've gotten cut off from. So let's start with the frustration. What beautiful part of your inner divinity is that telling you that 
you're longing for that you're not getting fulfilled in this situation connection to my home i haven't been able to be go home since 2019 yes and i am guessing that when you connect there that a different feeling comes up from the frustration and the resentment is there a different feeling i'm going down a little bit Mm -hmm. but it's still quite hard here's what i'm guessing and if it's not right feel free to tell me is this is this bringing up sadness that you're wanting connection with your home yeah i know it is but i can't i can't feel it okay then don't try to force anything we're just exploring but let's go back to the what you're longing for mm. longing for that connection with your home and my son and your son. Yeah. So connection with home and family. It feels like it's so big, I can't I can't reach it. Mm. So that points to something else. There's maybe something blocking for you, a full connection with it. I'm wondering if there's some fear there of of opening to this. And maybe the fear is if I open to how much I want this, I may not get it and it might really hurt. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I've been kind of logging for like, because I, I know a lot of people have different feelings about the vaccinations and that's fine. But for me, it means a freedom to travel. And I've been longing for like, when can I have it? Because then I can finally feel how I really feel about all of this. Just just have all this unknown and, and try and feel it all. I just, so I can't get to it. So I can't get to it. Let's, let's work with that. That's a thought again. I can't get to it. What's the feeling that goes with that thought? I can't get to it. It's like the frustration again. It's like... I'm just bounced off it. When I try and connect to it, it's just like a wall or something. So frustration comes up when you think about I can't get to it. Okay. Yeah. So what is that frustration pointing to for you? What is it that you're it's telling you that you're you're needing in this situation? I need to go home. That is your solution. What what would going home give you? Connection. Okay, so we've established that, but there's a block. There's something blocking you. Because when you think about that connection with home and family, what comes up is, I can't go there. Yes. So we need to work with this intermediary here, this yeah. block. So I can't go there. So just talk about the I can't go there for a moment, just in your own words. I mean, I, I, I find it even hard to imagine that I can go there again, even though I know that's logically untrue. That's how I feel. No, that's what you think. Yes. 
So when you say I can't go there, you mean I can't go home. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm being stopped, like somebody's stopping me. Okay. So somebody's stopping me. I can't go home. And then the feeling that goes with that is frustration. I'm wondering if it's stronger. I'm wondering if it's rage. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I think that could be there. Can you allow that? Can you allow yourself to be with that feeling? I feel rage that I can't go home, that someone's stopping me. It's really hard. It's really hard. I don't feel like I've got anywhere to direct it. At this moment, I don't need you to direct it anywhere. I just need you to be with it. And if it's not accurate, let's change it to what's really true for you. If that's not really quite the feeling. Perhaps I think, yeah, I think I want someone to be angry at and then I could get it out. Your thoughts about it. I know. Your thoughts about it. Go under the thoughts. Stay with the feeling. Do you feel rage when you think about that you can't go home because you want to be in control of your own life and choices. I can feel myself going down into something. Okay. Oh. So I've got a, there's a helplessness there. Ah, you feel helpless. And what's that helplessness pointing to that you're needing? that you really need in this situation? Hope. Mm -hmm. Hope for being able to do what you so long to do. Mm. Yeah, because I've kind of lost it. (laughs) I've lost the hope. So now I'm going to ask you to do something, some inner work. I'm going to ask you to go inside and go to the place where you know what it would be to have that hope. That somewhere inside you, you know what it is to have that hope. See if you can find that place that knows what that is. And let yourself fill up with that tank of hope. It's starting to come through. (laughs) It's like the first rays of sunlight sort of coming down into the dark cave. Yes, you're reconnecting with your inner divinity, this aspect of your inner divinity. 
that fullness of hope that lives in you. Oh, wow. I can really, I can really feel now how lost in despair I've been with it. Mm-hmm. And I haven't know what to do with it, so I've just like covered it all up, right, in a cave, right. Because it was too much to cope with. And you didn't know how. No. You didn't know how to reach what you were reaching for without even knowing it. I can breathe in it again now. The the breath's going much deeper. Wonderful. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping me. I strongly believe every time one of us connects with our inner divinity, it changes the energetics for everyone. And it just, you know, brings brings me back into the body and the groundedness and even though like I can feel the aching in my heart now you know I needed to I needed to feel that I needed to feel that because I've just been above it and you know I know that's not a good place for me to be because it cuts me off from so much else right and that's the great gift that Mary Magdalene has given us is that she's given us this pathway to go into our depth and to do the healing work that our feelings are calling us to so that we can be whole in our divinity. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's some the, there's some tools that we get when we when we when we do this um course with Mercedes and we have a list of emotions because it, it, it does really help to kind of find where am I in this and then there's a list of inner divine qualities and I, I have them printed out and I have them around when I need them <laughs> and um there was there was one day I, I can't remember now what it was but it was something really really painful that came up and I could actually feel like Mary Magdalene's presence like coming through. And I know they're just bits of paper with things printed out on them, but I almost feel like just holding them and like having learnt it from you that that connection with Mary Magdalene has just multiplied because I have had a connection with Mary Magdalene. It's not that I haven't. But now it's become something so much more. She was like, she was the space that was holding me so that I could grieve and 
cry and that's that's so important because you know I I I didn't have a parenting experience where my parents could do that for me and despite all the therapy I've done and there's been a lot and healing and so on I've not been able to you know recreate and a lot of therapists say oh well you know early childhood is very difficult blah 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 Mary Magdalene was there and she was being that divine feminine that mother that I needed to to cry into and I was just so grateful to you for having provided that key and to Mary Magdalene you know for 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 being that archetype it's like thank you thank you now I know I can be with what I need to be when I need to have it because she'll be there yes and in her work with me this is her she's very clear about that this that this is her role Mm -hmm. is to support us in our spiritual growth it's not about putting her on a pedestal. It's not even about connecting with her as the other. It's really about her supporting us in being our own divine beings. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And, and, and that's it. Cause there was nothing sort of glamorous in that situation. <laughs> there was nothing like, Oh, it's Mary Magdalene. It's just like, <laughs> thank <Right>. you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's like being held. It's just, oh, it's just so loving. It's just love. It is just, it's just love. And that's the ultimate divine feminine manifestation is absolute love. Mm. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. One step at a time. That's right. One step at a time. And the steps are unique for each of us. Each of us have incarnated here with our own soul path, our own soul work to do. And the greatest guide to what those, what that work is and what our next step is, is our emotions and our bodies. They are so reliable, so dependable. Yes. Yes, exactly, exactly. And over the years, you know, I've said to people many a time, you know, wherever you think your emotions come from or whatever, your emotions never lie. You can't fake (laughs) a feeling. Your your feelings are your feelings. And then to connect with them and to work with them, therapeutically you know that's that's what it's about really I mean right yeah whatever story you bring to it is whatever story you know that the it's the emotion itself that's right and then the inner divinity that the emotion brings us to is the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow So you have a new book brewing? Yes, which I'm terribly excited about. Um, It's uh, due out 
hopefully in June. And um, the name is Dialogues with Yeshua and Mary Magdalene. And the story behind it is it's um, a true story of 15 sessions that I did with a former priest who came to me initially because he had unresolved questions from his background. He had questions about the Bible, questions about the Catholic Church, and questions about New Age spirituality, which he had gravitated towards since leaving being a priest. And um, so initially, he wanted to have a channeled reading with Yeshua and Mary Magdalene to get answers to his questions. And it turns out that Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, well, most of the sessions were with Yeshua, there, but there was a bit of interaction with Mary Magdalene also. Um, but they were both very happy to answer his questions, and his questions are, his the answers are profound, enlightening, funny at times, deep, all sorts of things, surprising. Um, but um, they were actually, while being very open to answer his questions, their undeniable impulse uh, for them was to help him in his spiritual growth. And so right from the very first session, they started as part of the time that they spent together, started asking him about his growth and how he's doing and what he needs, which was a great surprise to him. And over time, this became more, much more interesting to the priest than all his questions. And over time, his questions fell away and he became more and more involved in following this guidance that he was getting from Yeshua and Mary Magdalene relative to his spiritual growth, which really was all about how to shift out of his head and into his heart. But what I love about it, among many things, but one of the things I love about it is that because it was primarily between Yeshua and his former priest, it's really a man-to-man -man conversation about spirituality and about moving out of the head into the heart and about how to love the feminine. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. such a beautiful story and exchange that happens and guiding him to a beautiful breakthrough at the end, which uh, couldn't have been more perfectly orchestrated. <laughs> And so that's the story of this book. Wow, that sounds wonderful. I can't wait. I can't wait to to read that. As you were talking, I was I was wondering. So I think I have a fairly good concept now of Mary Magdalene and the energy she holds and the divine feminine, you know, because like having worked like I don't know, 20 years or something with these things. And I also have a quite a good concept of Sarah. And this kind of unity thing, where I always fall down is with the divine masculine. And I know I'm not alone in, in <laughs> that. And there's a lot of other women who, who love the divine feminine stuff that if you were to say, could you put some words on the divine masculine? Yes. They wouldn't feel the same. Yes. 
confidence and, to and express men feel it. This too. Men struggle with this too. There's a huge men's movement today, um, especially among younger men who are who are grappling with what's the alternative to, you know, the common term toxic masculinity. But a lot of it is our just sort of everyday approach to masculinity. What's the higher version of masculinity? And so it's not just women. Men are struggling with this too, very, very much. And I think Yeshua is the magnificent, you know, holder and demonstrator of this higher masculine, sacred masculine, divine masculine, whatever you want to call it. And he talks about this. What is the divine masculine versus the divine feminine? And what he talks about is in its highest form, the divine masculine is pure consciousness. Hmm. And when we um, go into meditation, consciousness is the state that we're often seeking to connect with and to develop and grow in when we meditate. It's what's prior to or beyond this everyday world that we live in. Sometimes it's called, you know, beyond space, beyond time. Sometimes it's called the stillness or the quietness or the peace. Uh, many, many names for it. The witness, the self, the true self. But he says, this is the masculine is our consciousness. And so the sacred masculine in its highest form is pure consciousness. Mm. The sacred feminine in her highest form is pure love. Ah, okay. And that they're the complement to each other, that together they create wholeness. That if you have only consciousness, you don't have the life force, the juice. <laughs> and if you have only the feminine, even only love, without the consciousness, it tends to go into chaos, randomness. But when you have both consciousness and love, you have the wholeness of our God nature. Ooh. Yes. Oh, it's so lovely. So lovely to talk to you, Mercedes. Thank you. It's most enjoyable to talk with you also. <laughs> I still got my hands on my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it does I, it does help me stay in that space. And I love sharing about these things. I have yeah. been blessed with to me the greatest wealth in the world, this spiritual wisdom and amazing spiritual experiences that have come with it and sharing it with others is my greatest joy i love this oh thank you now i just want to tell people that um they can find your magdalene heart path video course by going on mercedes website there will be a link to it in the show notes and have a look for online events and if you click on there It'll pop down and there's a video course. People don't have to wait, do they? They can just go straight on it. Right, right. 
And I've heard from many, many people at this point who've done the course by the video, and they've told me it's been so powerful, and they've received so much from it. So I have great confidence that doing the course, you know, by video is a very wonderful way also. And then once people have done that, then they can join in the um, ongoing events like our Magdalene Heart Circle, where we go deeper in the process and support each other even further in living from this place. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a, we had a really beautiful group doing just that on Saturday. And um, I just, I just came away and I went live on my Sarah's sacred healing circle group. And I was just like beaming. People were saying, you're glowing, you're glowing. (laughs) (laughs) How wonderful. Yeah. So before we finish, are there any last things you'd like to talk about or any last thing you wanted to do or say? I just hope as many people as are meant to do so, all the people who feel the call to Mary Magdalene, to Yeshua, to their work together of this great work of uniting the masculine and feminine in all of us, to all of you, that you join us, that you make use of this incredible teaching that's coming through, through the books, through the courses. I do private sessions, whatever way you feel called to. Drink deep and drink full. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing some of your story with us. It's been a wonderful hour talking to you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And to all our listeners, I hope you've had a good time. You can um, come over to my Facebook page, Sacred You Podcast, and leave some comments on there if you like. And uh, I'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Ee <laughs>
kahapili koholu haia. Hei a ke kahula lo pihihana he kohopuhu kapalili ahi. Haina mahi kapuana e kahaliko puokukui. Auheia valea noe e kahaliko puokukui. Kuhiahu ko naihia a kahapuhu. Hey, no, no, na, ka ue i.